Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. Well, as you sit down, why not pick up a Bible and turn to Daniel chapter 12. Uh, Rebecca Bennett, one of the young people, is going to come and read to us. Uh, Daniel 12 is on page 898. Uh, Do have it in front of you so you can follow along. Uh, Then after Rebecca's read, uh, we're going to hear Paul preach and deliver God's word to us for this evening. At that time, Michael, the great priest who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as has not happened from from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, close up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge." Then I, Daniel, looked, and there before me stood two others, one on this bank of the river and one on the opposite bank. One of them said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the, of the river, How long will it be before, before these astonishing things are fulfilled? The man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river lifted his right hand and his left hand towards the heaven, and I heard him swear by him who lives forever, saying, It will be for a time, times, and half a time, when the power of the holy people has finally broken, all these things will be completed. I heard, but I did not understand. So I asked, My Lord, what will, what will the outcome of all this be? He replied, Go your way, Daniel, because the words are closed up and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, made spotless and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. From the time that that the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination that causes desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. Blessed is the one who waits for and reaches the end of the... 1,335 days. As for you, go, go your way till the end. You will rest, and then at the end of the days, you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. Rebecca, thank you very much indeed. Well, it has been uh, terrific to hear of uh, some of the things uh, uh, Phil and Amy particularly telling us, some of the things they've been learning. Uh, But I've been talking to, uh, well, my own children and um, others as well who've come back from house parties. Very exciting to hear of the great things uh, that have been going on over these uh, last few days. Uh, But it's quite one thing to be away together, uh, as we heard, the great fellowship, the enjoyment of being together. It's quite another uh, to come home and carry on uh, with the Christian life here. House party is brilliant. Summer camps are terrific. Holidays are great, but after the high of house party or the relaxation of the summer holiday, we have to come back to normal life. And being a Christian in the normal routine of everyday life is far from easy. Uh, next week you'll be back to school and uh, that'll be tough. Uh, you'll have to get out of bed before lunchtime. Uh, it's a hard life. You'll have homework every week. For some of you, I know this is a big year uh, with significant exams at the end of it. Others will be heading off to university. We heard about Amy doing that. Others I know are. And while the thought of going away is perhaps exciting, I imagine in the back of your mind you'll have worries and concerns. 
nagging thoughts that it won't be easy in a new situation, away from home for the first time, you'll have to do the washing yourself, uh, cook for yourself, make decisions for yourself. Do you really want to go? And even if you're not facing such a huge change as that, just being back at work and daily routine is tough. Some will have returned to really challenging situations. I've been away for a couple of weeks on holiday. You've come back and you've got a difficult boss. You've got financial worries. There's a strained relationship or health worries. Getting through every day brings its own challenges And then being a Christian, wonderful as it is, at times it only adds to those challenges, being rejected by friends, having to make tough decisions to miss out on stuff in order to be faithful to Jesus. It's not easy. But then those of you who've been at House Party will know this. Studying the book of Daniel, you'll know this. This book is all about Daniel and his mates trying to remain faithful to God in an environment that is hostile to the Lord and his people, exactly the situation that we are in today. So the book of Daniel will have equipped you for standing for Christ as you kind of return home and carry on with normal life. For those of us who aren't so familiar with the book of Daniel because we haven't been on house party and haven't been studying it all week, let me explain that it does something quite different to almost every other book in the Bible. Through the book of Daniel, we are given a glimpse into the unseen world. You'll know this. We are shown the struggles and influences behind all the stuff that we can see. It happens right through the book, but especially from chapter 7 onwards. Do you remember? From chapter 7, it's as if God pulls a curtain back, giving us a glimpse of the spiritual realities that are behind all that is going on in the world as we see it. Uh, When we were on holiday in Northumberland this year, it was mighty cold Um, We visited a number of castles and stately homes. That was fun for one of the family. Um, The rest of us endured it. And uh, on one day, we visited Cragside, a stately home. While we were there at lunchtime, as we sort of huddled together, it actually wasn't too bad that day, we found a picnic bench to eat our packed lunch, and a few metres away, there was a Punch and Judy show for little ones and their families. And so there were the puppets, Punch and Judy, screaming at each other and beating each other up. Perfect for little children. Judy screaming at Punch in a high, shrill pitch voice. The crocodile trying to steal the sausages. Punch trying to whack the crocodile on the head with a baseball bat. Punch and Judy is extremely violent. Of course, all the kids saw were ugly, angry puppets shouting each other in annoying voices. But had I gone up to the puppet booth, and it's the sort of thing sometimes I say to my children, I'm going to do, but I didn't. They'd have gone, don't do that, Dad. Had I gone up to the puppet booth and pulled back the curtain, it would have revealed a couple of puppeteers working Punch and Judy and the crocodile and the sausages. Now, that's the sort of thing that's going on in Daniel chapter 7. No, of course it isn't. No, it is. It's the curtain being drawn back, and we see what's going on behind all the things that we can see in this world. Now, it's not a perfect illustration, because it suggests that we're just puppets, and that we have no say in what's going on. So maybe a better way to think about it is what or who is influencing us and our decisions. I think of someone I knew some years ago. We'll call her Fiona. Things were not easy for her in her life. That said, she wasn't actually helping herself. A number of Christian friends and some wise older Christians had tried to help her, but she didn't seem to be making any progress. She was stuck. 
Eventually, I was asked to meet her, and after we'd met a few times, quite out of the blue, she mentioned she'd been to see her grandma over the weekend. It turned out grandma had played a big part in her upbringing. Long story short, mum and dad were often away. Both had demanding careers. Grandma always stepped in, and Fiona often stayed with grandma. Grandma, understandably, had a big influence on Fiona. But as we talked, it turned out grandma was into some dark spiritual stuff seances, that sort of stuff. Now you see, as soon as I knew that, I knew what I was dealing with. Behind the scenes, this girl was being influenced by someone and something very sinister. That's the sort of thing we're shown in the book of Daniel, and especially from Daniel chapter 7 onwards. So do you see, in Daniel chapter 6, we famously see Daniel thrown into the lion's den, And all we can see is that Daniel has been set up by a bunch of people in high places. But in chapter 7, as the curtain is pulled back, we're shown some grotesque and terrifyingly powerful monsters. We're given a glimpse into the unseen world, what is going on behind all this. And we read in chapter 7, verse 4, that the first great beast in that unseen world was like a lion. Behind the opposition that appeared just to be some people, Behind the lions of chapter 6 was a beast in the unseen spiritual world working against Daniel because he was a follower of of his God. See, read chapter 7 and we begin to understand why it is so hard to be a Christian. There are dark, powerful forces at work against God and his people. Behind the bully at school and the aggressive atheist at work And behind the boss at work encouraging you to act unethically. And behind the government decision to redefine marriage and legalise prostitution and potentially assist suicide. Behind those people and those institutions and those decisions are strong, powerful spiritual forces who are against God and his people. Daniel shows us that. And in chapters 7 to 12 we are then given a remarkable insight into the things that we cannot see with our own eyes. It is going to be hard living for Jesus Christ as you go back to school and university. It is going to be hard living for Jesus Christ wherever you are for most of your time because we live in a world that is against us and God and there are very powerful spiritual forces behind us, behind it. But then we are also given a glimpse into the future in Daniel 7 to 12 and particularly here in chapter 12. We are shown some things that are yet to happen And what we have here in chapter 12, we finally got there, is a terrific encouragement for us. Look with me again at uh, the uh, passage that Rebecca just read for us, page 898, chapter 12 and verse 1. And this is speaking about a time in the future, a time in the future at least when Daniel was writing. And we read this, at that time, verse 1. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There'll be a time of distress such as not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. There's much debate about who this Michael character is. We don't need to nail down his identity. The important thing is that it shows us that the Lord is fighting for his people The Lord is protecting his people. Oh yes, there are these great powerful forces behind the scenes. But there is one who is more powerful, the Lord himself. 
We're told here of a time to come, a time of great distress for God's people. We're in that time now. It is the time from Jesus' first coming until his return. Times of great distress. Uh, Just think about these times. Think about everything that's happening right now. It is very, very bad. The terrorist atrocities of the so-called Islamic State. The indiscriminate terrorist attacks on a beach in Tunisia, on a shrine in Bangkok, on a train in France. Or look at the moral decline in the West. Human trafficking on a colossal scale. Young people being sexually exploited and abused in huge numbers and in ways that are sickening. Young girls pass from one depraved, lustful man to another. Migrants fleeing for their lives and as they do that, being exploited. Their lives considered so cheap that some will think nothing of leading dozens to suffocate in the back of a van. Others won't care that they put them in great danger in open seas, in boats that are not seaworthy, so they can make some money. What a world we're living in. These things should distress us. Just go down to the high street on Saturday night and see people parading their shameful behaviour. And then on Monday morning in the office, bragging about the inebriated state they were in and the sexual conquest that they made over the weekend. We're living in a society where the Bible calls what, what the Bible calls wrong is being called right. And then when Christians stand up for what is right, they're being prosecuted by the state. We're in a time of great distress. We live in a rebellious world and it is hard to live as Christians in that world. But then you know that. All of you, if you're a Christian here, You know that the minute you return from house party or summer vacation and you're thrown back into the harsh reality of everyday life, you know it's hard. Now look, while being shown the unseen realities behind all this stuff is scary, here we're given great reassurance and encouragement. In verse 1 we're told that in the midst of this distress and what looks like utter chaos, end of verse 1, at that time, everyone whose name is found written in the book, hear it, will be delivered. It's a great promise of deliverance, of being kept through all the difficulties of life. Despite being in a minority, yes, great on house party. It's great tonight. We seem to be in the majority, but we won't feel like it tomorrow when we're in the minority. Despite being in a minority in a world that is against God and his people, we can be sure here of a secure and certain future of deliverance in the future and remember these are not empty promises the book of Daniel has given us brilliant examples of the mighty power of God to deliver his people in chapter 3 Shadrach Meshach and Abednego thrown into the fiery furnace because they remained faithful to their God and the Lord delivered them chapter 6 Daniel thrown into the lion's den because he refused to worship anyone other than his God and the Lord delivered him And so this promise of deliverance in chapter 12, verse 1, comes with real substance because we've seen him delivering in the rest of the book. This promise is the promise of ultimate and complete and forever deliverance. This tells us of the certainty that God will take and keep his people through the trials 
and distresses of life and bring them to be with him forevermore for eternity. And we need to know that when we're going through trials. We need to know that it's worth standing up for Jesus because it is going to cost us to remain faithful just as it cost Daniel and his friends. So you see, this is for you as you come back from house party. Some of you have decided to follow Jesus for the first time. It'll be tough. Oh, it's brilliant. I've been a Christian over 30 years now. I don't regret it. It's terrific, but it's not easy. Let me tell you about Cameron. He came back from a summer camp having become a Christian. He told his friends at school that he was going to be a Christian. And in no time, they didn't want anything to do with him. They told him he was boring and no fun anymore. He got left out of things, didn't get invited to the things his mates were doing. Let me tell you about Elaine. Her parents weren't Christians. When she told them that she'd started to follow Jesus, they initially responded by saying, that's nice. But as she got more and more involved with her church and her her life began to change, her parents said to her, you're taking this far too seriously. And then life at home became uncomfortable. Let me tell you about Greg. One summer on camp, he recommitted himself to following Christ. He'd been involved in church things, but hadn't really put Jesus first, and he knew that. He wanted to make it different. So he came home determined to put that right. He committed to going to small group and church. And then there was a clash. Football season began, and he had a choice to make, church on Sunday or football. He chose church. It's tough standing up for Christ. So we need to know it's worth it. Verse 1 says it's worth it. Christian, the Lord will protect you through tough times and keep you going through hard times and wonderfully he'll bring you to a supreme and complete deliverance. There will be a time when all the struggle and all the distress ends. And that time, of course, is the time when we'll be with Jesus forever. No more struggles. That time will more than make up for all the struggles we have now. That's how it will be for everyone, verse 1, whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. But please, this deliverance is only for those whose names are written in the book of life. Verse 2 makes it clear that this future deliverance will not be for everyone. Verse 2, multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame, and everlasting contempt. Now it is worth just stopping here for a moment. It's clear from this verse that everyone will rise from death. Everyone. We often don't talk in these terms. Death is not the end, not for anyone, believer or unbeliever. I think we're sometimes quite unclear on this. The question, you see, is not whether we will be raised after death, The question is whether we will rise to everlasting life or to shame and everlasting contempt. Being raised from the dead is not in question. It's just where you end up. Jesus talked about this in John chapter 11. When Lazarus had died, his sister Martha was talking to Jesus about what happened after death. She knew that everyone would rise on judgment day. I wouldn't be at all surprised if she hadn't read Daniel chapter 12. She said of her dead brother Lazarus, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Everyone will be raised after death. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. See the point? He's not just resurrection, but he's resurrection to life. 
Everyone will be raised, but only those who are in Christ will be raised to eternal life. Or as we see here in verse 1, only if we have our name in the book of life will we rise to life. Now look, this is a brilliant encouragement for everyone who is sure that their names are written in the book of life, but it's also a brilliant warning for those who aren't. And the good thing about this is that we have been told what we need if we're to be raised to eternal life. We need our names to be in the book of life. That's like kind of knowing the exam questions before sitting the exams. Now look, I know some of you have got some pretty big exams coming up this year. Wouldn't it be great to know the questions before you walked into the exam? Uh, Last week I was talking to my friend Rico about this very thing and he told me about a French exam that he had to sit at the end of year 10 when Rico was 15. Now look, Rico is dyslexic and he found French impossible. I'm not dyslexic and I found French impossible so it must be really hard for him. At, at At the school that he was at, he had to learn 40 French words each week. At the end of term, at the end of the 10 weeks, they would be tested on those words. So they would be tested on 400 French words at the end of every term. And at the end of every year, they were tested on three terms worth of words. That's 1,200 French words. Now, being dyslexic, Rico said there's no way he could ever learn those words and pass the test. So after school one day, he and two mates broke into the French department and found the test. So before sitting the exam, he knew the 100 words out of the 1,200 words he'd be tested on. He had 100 words to learn rather than 1,200. The pass mark for the test was 70. So he got, had to get 70 of the 100 words right, 100 words that he knew were coming up. His two friends passed with flying colours. One got 99 and the other 97. Rico got 71. But the important thing is he passed. And he passed because he knew the questions before the exam came. And Rico said, I could tell you this story about him today as long as I told you that this all happened before he was converted. And I tell you this story because if we know the questions we're going to be asked on the final judgment day, would it not be madness to ignore that information? Because we're not talking about entry into university, but into everlasting life and being delivered from all distress. Now look, there are two questions you're going to be asked on that day. They come from 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 8. God will ask you, do you know me? And have you had your sins forgiven? Do you know me and have you had your sins forgiven? Those are two questions, and God in his kindness has told us them before we face him. We don't have to break into the theology department after school to discover the questions, because God has revealed them to us. But desperately, people want to make up their own questions. So I meet people all the time, and not least of all when I take funerals, and they say to me of their loved ones, he's in a better place now because he was a good person. So do you see, they've made up the question. They think the question is, have you been good? But you can't do that with exams. You can't walk into your biology GCSE exam next June and when you're presented with a question on photosynthesis, cross through the question and write on the exam paper, I don't want to answer that question. I want to answer a question on the anatomy of the pygmy marmoset. You can't do that. Now God in his great kindness has given us the question in advance. And so we'd be well to answer those questions to be ready to answer those questions he asked do you know me and do you know your sins are forgiven and the question is really one question because the way we know God is through his son Jesus Christ and the way our sins are forgiven is through Jesus Christ so the question is do you know Jesus and when you do your name is written in the book of life 
And verse 1, when your name is written in the book of life, you can be sure, absolutely certain, that you'll be raised to everlasting life. And when you know that eternal life is a cast iron certainty, then you'll be ready to go through hard times following Jesus Christ now because you know that what is to come is certain and is so breathtakingly brilliant. And that's what these verses are doing for us. They say you can be absolutely sure of eternity. So you can serve Jesus Christ even through the hard times. As we close, one minute final. Look at verse 3 for a final encouragement. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. See, Christian, with your name written in the book of life and with eternity certain for you, now go and be a star in this dark world. Seems everybody wants to be stars these days by winning X Factor or Britain's Got Talent or whatever. And those who don't want to be stars want to follow the stars, the celebrities. Look, Christian, go and live a life that is utterly faithful to God. A life that stands out in this dark world, just as Daniel did. And you will stand out like a star in the dark night, verse 3 says. And verse 3, you will lead many to righteousness. You will lead many to the Lord Jesus. A few weeks ago, there was a spectacular meteor shower over Britain. It was a beautiful sight. And listen, it is a beautiful thing when Christians live wise, outstanding, godly lives like Daniel. People see that kind of bright, beautiful life. And when they know you live like that because you're a Christian, they're attracted to Jesus Christ, who is, of course, the brightest star of all. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you very much for house party. Thank you for others of us having been on other camps and house parties and holidays. Thank you that those times are very precious. Uh, We do, though, recognise that as we come back to the normal routines of life and all the struggles of life, being a Christian doesn't always make it easier because we get grief on top of all the normal struggles of life sometimes. And so we pray these great truths at the end of Daniel 12 would be a great encouragement to us to keep going, knowing that there is a wonderful, certain future, free from all distress. Help us to believe that and to look forward to that. And as we know it's certain, so to be able to live in this dark world. Help us, all of us who are Christians here today, to shine like stars in a dark world that we may bring glory to your name and others may come to know you. And we ask it through Christ our Lord. Amen.